Chapter 13 The Imposter Alfie's heart was thumping so hard he was sure it would give them away, but the elf slumbered on as they crept closer. Madeline stopped a few feet in front of the sleeping figure, arrow aimed at his forehead. Alfie took up a kneeling position by the chair. He held the string in one hand and gently grasped the bow lying across the elf's lap with the other. Amy crept around to reach over the back of the chair, her scarf held taut between two hands. She lowered it carefully until it was level with the elf's mouth and then looked at Alfie. He nodded. The elf sprang to life as Amy dragged the scarf between his lips, pulling his head tight against the back of the chair. His hands immediately grasped for his bow, but Alfie had pulled it from his lap and thrown it back across the room. He grabbed one of the elf's arms, but the other hand was already closing around the hilt of a dagger at his hip. Madeline whistled. The elf looked up to meet her eyes and froze at what he saw there. She shook her head, and the elf slowly let go of the dagger and offered his hand to Alfie, who bound his wrists tightly together with the twine. With the elf subdued, Amy tied the ends of her scarf behind his head to complete the gag. He didn't take his eyes off Madeline as they worked. Get up, Alfie addressed the prisoner. The elf shot him a cold glance and remained seated. Maybe he doesn't understand English, Al, said Amy. Stand, Alfie mimed an upward motion with his hands. The elf scowled, but Madeline made a slight movement as though about to release the arrow, and he sprang to his feet. This way, Alfie pulled on the twine and the elf grudgingly began to move, then froze as an ear-splitting yowl echoed around the room. A hissing, spitting ball of fur and claws launched itself through the air, knocking Madeline's arm as it passed. Her fingers slipped on the bowstring, and she let loose the arrow, sending it thudding into a bookcase. Leo! yelled Alfie as Amy grabbed the cat in mid-leap, his claws raking the air in front of the elf's face. Before Madeline could string another arrow, the elf made a dash for the library door. Alfie yelled as a twine whipped through his hands, burning a red line into his skin. Artan, fetch, he called. The words were barely out of his mouth when the bear shot through out of the study and across the library, loose papers flying in his wake. The elf was reaching for the door handle as Artan barreled into him, swiftly wrapping around him so that his head and shoulders were sticking out of one end, his feet from the other. Quick, get him inside, said Alfie. They might have heard us. Artan carried his carefully wrapped package through the air and into the study after Madeline and Amy. Alfie grabbed the elf's bow and chased Galileo back through the secret entrance, closing the door carefully behind them. Grabbing the mirror, he checked the hallways and heaved a sigh of relief to see that none of the elves seemed aware that there had been any commotion in the library. Well done, Artan, he said, patting the grinning bear on the head as Amy and Madeline high-fived over the squirming elf. Hold him there while I get his clothes. Alfie pulled off the struggling elf's boots and trousers, then tied his ankles with the twine. Galileo sat nearby, cleaning behind his ears as Alfie worked. And you, he pointed one finger at the cat, when we get out of this, there'll be no tuna for a whole year. The cat stretched nonchalantly and slunk away to curl up by the fire. 
I'm done here, said Alfie, when he was satisfied with his knots. Put him in the chair by the writing desk. Artan deposited the elf, the bound elf, and Alfie passed the twine to Madeline to tie him to the chair, which he noticed she went about none too gently. Alfie unbuckled their captive's leather breastplate. He had to untie the elf's hands to get the tunic he wore under his leather armor. But Amy and Madeline held his wrist tightly, and Artan floated in front of him, growling so menacingly that the elf didn't move a muscle to resist. Soon he was tightly bound to the chair in his long undergarments. Alfie changed into his clothes in the guard guard robe. He felt uncomfortable removing the chain mail shirt and losing the protection it offered against the elves, but if his plan was to work, he couldn't be discovered wearing it. Are you sure this is going to do this, Al, that you can do this? I don't know, said Amy as Alfie shuffled into the room, feeling slightly ridiculous in clothes and boots that were far too big for him. Yes, said Alfie firmly. If he was going to protect his home and family, he had to use the change magic. How long have we got? Nineteen minutes, said Madeline, providing she's going to stick to one hour. Alfie positioned a chair just far enough away from the elf that he could take in his whole form at once and sat down. The elf watched him as if he wished he could burn him alive with his glare. He took some calming breaths and stared at the elf, taking in every aspect of his appearance. Orin wouldn't be happy about what he was doing, but he didn't see any other way. It wasn't as if the druid had offered any other solution. It was difficult to concentrate with the elf's malevolent eyes burning holes into him, but he reached deep inside and prodded the change magic awake, letting it rush through him until the skin all over his body began to tingle as though awaiting instructions. He remembered Emily's training. Instead of trying to force himself to change, he imagined he was a mirror reflecting back the figure sitting in front of him. Wearing the elves' clothes made the job easier. All he had to get right were the head, hands, height, and body shape. He knew it was starting to work when his ears began to tingle. He felt them change shape, becoming slightly larger and pointed, amplifying Amy and Madeline's gasp and amazed whispers. Alfie blocked them out as he focused. The clothes he was wearing started to feel more fitted as he grew taller and broader, his feet seemed less lost in the soft leather boots. His scalp tickled as his hair grew longer, flowing down over his shoulders in pale blonde locks. He scrutinized the elf's face, feeling his features becoming more angular. Finally, he concentrated hard on turning the iris's pale gold. The elf's face twisted into an even darker scowl, and Madeline and Amy burst into applause. Alfie knew his disguise was complete. How do I look? he asked, his voice strangely distorted in his new larger body. Perfect, said Amy, slapping him on the back. Apart from the expression, try imagining that we're all something nasty you just stepped in. Alfie glared down his long nose at her. There, you got it. Alfie, you forgot something, said Madeline from behind him. What? said Alfie turning to see her fist flying towards his new face. It connected with his jaw with a smack that made his teeth clack together painfully. Ow! What did you do that for? Uh, sorry, said Madeline, squaring up for another punch. I thought it would be easier if I didn't warn you. You can't speak elvish, so there should be a reason why you can't speak. 
Hold still. I hardly got you there. You need a much more believable bruise than that. Alfie caught Madeline's fist. Maddie, you idiot, he said, rubbing his jaw. You just watched me transform into an elf. Didn't you think I could manage a little bruise the same way? Madeline's face dropped. Oh, I'm so sorry, Alfie. It was actually a great idea, smiled Amy, but maybe you should share the plan with us first time next time. Alfie shook his head crossly, then looked into a mirror on the wall and let his cheek and jar swell and turn a spectacular shade of purple. Nice, Al, said Amy when he had finished. No one could expect you to speak with a face like that. So then, which of us is coming as your prisoner? Me, said Madeline firmly. What do you mean, asked Alfie, stringing the elf's bow and quiver over his shoulder. Wait, you weren't really planning on trying to go down there on your own and trying to grab Robin in a room full of elves, were you? Said Amy. Alfie shrugged. His plan hadn't really progressed much further than that. I thought Artan could swoop down to the window behind where the queen is sitting. I'll hang about there and look for a chance to grab Robin and we'll jump out the window and onto Artan. He can take us up to the Eastern Tower. They haven't found the way up there, so we'd be safe until Ashford wakes up and does whatever he was planning to do to stop them. Artan clapped his paws. Excellent plan, lad. We'll be up in a way before they know what has happened. I don't think so, said Madeline, showing Alfie the great hall in the mirror. Who do you see standing next to the queen? Alfie's heart dropped. Mary Yock. Exactly, said Amy. It looks like no one gets close to her except her right-hand man. You're not going to be able to hang around near Robin looking shifty. But if you had a prisoner with a penknife hidden in their sock, she grinned, they'd be put with Robin and could it tie the ropes, cut the ropes and tie them too. Yeah, then you could go make a distraction and I'll get Robin to Artan, said Madeline. What makes you think it should be you, said Amy. He's my brother, said Madeline but I'm faster at running. No, you're not. Alfie watched them bicker, amazed that they were fighting over taking part in a plan which was making his blood run cold. He had to admit that their idea was better than his, providing he could slip away unnoticed after the rescue. We don't have time for this, he said at last. Amy, you're coming with me. No, Madeline shouted in anger as Amy grinned. Not because she's any better than you, he said quickly as Madeline looked as if she was squaring up to hit him again. Maddie, we need, you need to keep an eye on our prisoner here. And if Ashford gets worse, you can help him better than any of us. When he wakes up, you need to tell him what's going on. If this goes wrong, he's our last hope. Madeline grudgingly accepted the importance of her role and tied Amy's hands loosely behind her back. Alfie slipped a small knife into Amy's sock then removed his talisman and handed it to Madeline. Look after this, he said, and then gave her his walkie-talkie. And you're going to need this. Looking as cold and confident as the elf was harder than Alfie thought as he strode out of the library and walked down the corridor in a body that felt all wrong, pushing Amy along in front of him. Luckily, the path to the stairs and down to the first floor was clear. When he reached the landing, he looked swiftly around, took Amy's walkie-talkie from her belt, opened the visor of a suit of armor, and dropped it inside. 
He knew Madeline would be watching and hoped he could rely on her to play her part at the right time. Ready, Amy? He whispered. He began to drag her down the rest of the stairs as she struggled and kicked out at him. Get off me! Let me go! She hollered. Elves ran out to see the cause of the commotion and laughed to see one of their number with a grossly swollen face struggling with a young girl. Remembering his character, Alfie scowled viciously at them and dragged Amy into the great hall. Marriott stood up and the queen clapped her hands with joy as Alfie brought Amy before her. He handed over a knife he had grabbed from Orne's study to indicate he had disarmed her. Amy, Robin shouted, struggling to get to his feet, his face a mask of horror to see Amy captured too. Marioc pushed him down back and prowled around Alfie and his prisoner. Alfie couldn't tell if he was suspicious or just trying to intimidate. He barked something in Elvish. Alfie shook his head and pointed to his swollen jaw, but Marioc wasn't satisfied. He spoke again, and Alfie let out an indistinct mumble. This only seemed to make him angrier. He can't answer you, shouted Amy, looking up at the elf defiantly. You wouldn't be able to talk either after an iron glove to the face. The corner of Marioc's mouth turned up into a humorless smile as he regarded Alfie. I've always said Loth was too slow to catch his own breath, he sneered, waving Alfie away. Alfie took a seat at the closest end of the table, trying to hear what was being said over the derisive laughter of the elves around him. Either Loth wasn't popular, or the other elves wanted to ingratiate themselves with Marioc. Alfie suspected it was both. He glared at them, glad that they seemed to have accepted his disguise completely. Time is up, said the queen. Have you brought the lens in exchange for your friend? No, said Amy, as Marioc made a move to search her. He already checked me for it. He nodded towards Alfie, who shook his head to signify he hadn't found it. It'll be here soon enough, though, she added quickly as the queen's face began to cloud over. Alfie needs to get it from where it's hidden. He sent me to tell you he'd bring it soon. She let her lower lip quiver. Please don't hurt us. Alfie thought Amy was doing a great job of sounding afraid, but with Marriott standing over her, he imagined that most of her fear was real. The storm passed from the queen's face, and she smiled sweetly. I hope so, little one. I would hate to watch Marriott hurt either of you. Now, sit with me. We'll soon see if your friend is really on his way. Marioc dragged Amy over to sit next to Robin as the queen picked up Robin's walkie-talkie again. Alfie had to stop himself jumping up as he realized her, her voice would echo out through the radio he had hidden in the armor and ruin his plan. How could he stop her using it without raising suspicion? He gripped the edge of the table, his knuckles turning white as the queen spoke into the radio. He let out his breath in a gasp as the queen shook it and then tossed it aside to smash on the flagstones. The battery was dead. His plan could still work. Robin had noticed Alfie's reaction and said something in Amy's ear. She whispered back and Robin's eyes widened in amazement. He quickly looked away from Alfie so as not to draw suspicion. So no, 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 no whispering, 
tutted the queen, tapping Amy lightly on the nose. Your communication device no longer works, but the clock is ticking. She smiled and made a ticking motion with her finger, then went back to playing with the little silver sparrow. Alfie was glad to see Marriott stride out of the room. He imagined it was to find whoever was bringing the talisman so that he could take it and claim the credit himself. Amy leant back slightly. Alfie hoped she'd be able to get the knife out of her sock. She shuffled closer to Robin. Alfie guessed it would take her a couple of minutes to cut through Robin's ropes. He hoped Madeline was watching the mirror and ready to act. The walkie-talkie had been a close call. A dark shadow flitted past the window. Alfie stiffened, but none of the other elves had seen Artan swoop down afloat just below the window ledge. Alfie looked at Amy, and she gave him a little nod to indicate she had cut their bonds and they were ready to go. He stood up and stretched as though his arms and back were stiff, hoping that Madeline would spot the signal. She did. Almost immediately, a strange moaning floated down from the first floor. The elves were laughing and shouting too loudly over the table to notice. So Alfie let out an unintelligible shout and cupped his hand to his ear. The table went quiet as the eerie moans echoed through the castle like an angry ghost growing louder and louder. Arming themselves with their bows and the elves hurried to the entrance hall. Mariak was standing on the bottom step, staring up at the suit of armor inside which Alfie had hidden the walkie-talkie. Alfie remained just inside the great hall to watch Amy and Robin. Madeline was certainly throwing her all into the screeches and yells echoing out of the armor. None of the elves seemed to want to go anywhere near it. He assumed that the story of the animated suits of armor at Mun and Bones' office had spread. The queen finally decided that the disturbance was worthy of her attention and left her throne to view the situation for herself. Amy immediately leapt up and ran for the window, Robin limping slowly and painfully behind as though his legs had gone asleep after kneeling for so long. Alfie held his breath as he tried to keep one eye on the elves and the other on Amy and Robin. Amy was struggling with the stiff iron latch on one of the huge leaded windows. The more Alfie's heart pounded in his chest, the harder it was to stay in disguise. His disguised skin itched as he tried to calm his nerves. Marriott shouted and the elves took aim at the wailing armor. Giving up on the first window, Amy moved to another and finally managed to unlatch it. Alfie could hear Marriott counting down in Elvish. Just as Amy and Robin managed to open the window, the elves let loose their arrows, peppering the armor's breastplate like a pincushion. The armor slowly toppled forwards and came crashing down the stairs in pieces. Come on! Alfie whispered under his breath as Amy boosted Robin up to the window ledge. Elves jumped out of the path of the pieces of iron, bouncing towards them, and Alfie leapt about with them purposefully jostling the others that looked close to turning around and seeing Amy and Robin's escape. A shout from Marriott silenced the chaos. He had found the walkie-talkie that had fallen from the armor and held it out to the queen. Realization that they had been tricked dawned on their faces. Spinning around, the queen saw Robin scrambling out of the window. She shouted a curse so strong that a passing fly dropped out of the air, stone dead. Alfie pretended to trip on a chest plate and fell back into the elves, rushing towards the hall. They began to topple over each other as Amy pushed Robin out onto Artan's back and pulled herself up onto the ledge. 
Mariok walked over the backs of the elves that had fallen to the floor and took an arrow from his quiver. Alfie leapt up and charged into him as he raised his bow. The effect was like hitting a stone statue, but he managed to redirect the elves' aim, and the arrow smashed through one of the tiny window panes to the left of Amy. She cast a desperate glance back at Alfie, then hurled herself out of the window and onto Artan. The bear whisked Amy and Robin away as more elves recovered enough to send arrows crashing uselessly after them. Marriott hurled elves out of his path and grabbed Alfie by his, by his tunic, shouting something in his own language. Alfie mumbled and pointed to his swollen mouth, but this time Marriott waited and wanted an answer. The prickling that had started in Alfie's skin intensified as the elves' disguise began to slip. He struggled, but Marriott was impossibly strong. Alfie felt as though his brain was rattling against his skull as the elf shook him violently. As Marriott lifted him into the air, Alfie finally gave up the effort to keep his disguise. Expecting to shrink back to his usual size, Alfie was shocked to find himself growing. Marriott's cold mask slipped as something in Alfie's face seemed to frighten him. Alfie crashed painfully to the floor as the elf hurled him away. The queen was shouting and something was growling. Getting to his feet, Alfie realized that the growl was coming from his own throat. He was shooting up in size, bursting out of lost clothes as his body turned green and scaly. Marriott shattered again and the elves let their arrows fly as Alfie's watched his hands twist into vicious looking claws. The change magic had taken control, he realized. It was protecting itself, just as Orn's magic had. He was becoming a dragon. Alfie felt a cold satisfaction as the arrows clattered harmlessly off his scales. He tried to shout, but a terrible roar burst from his jaws, and he felt something burning in his belly. Flames? The elves were in disarray. Some of them had run for the portal, Others cowered in the corners of the hall. The bravest encircled him, firing arrow after arrow after arrow. Alfie span away around, excuse me. Alfie span around clumsily, his tail sweeping their legs from under them. Arrows bounced off him as he charged, driving some of them out toward the destroyed doorway. Maybe he could scare them from his castle. The burning in his stomach intensified. He knew he'd feel better if he released, released the flames. He felt angry. They've invaded my home, threatened my family, tortured Ashford. He had never felt such rage, but as a fire bubbled up from his throat, the shreds of himself that remained fought back against a dragon-like fury. He couldn't kill. He couldn't burn the castle with everyone inside. Alfie roared and fought back against the anger, bellowing in pain. His huge body doubled over as he struggled to contain the fire inside him. The elves stopped firing and ran from his great stomping feet and thrashing tail as he tried to control himself. He clutched his great scaly head with his claws, summoning every ounce of mental strength and tried to shut down the change magic. No! He yelled, the sound coming out as a distorted growl as he staggered forwards. The ground rushed up to meet him as he rapidly shrank in size his skin regaining its color as he collapsed to the floor and sank into unconsciousness. <laughs>